0: You are listening to "Fed by Ravens" with Matt and Adam.
1: Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day three hundred and thirty-seven and three hundred and stinking thirty-eight. <laughs> We're doing it! I'm, I'm like so excited to finish. We're like fifteen. This is after today, we'd be fourteen episodes away from finishing the entire Bible, in a year, discussing every chapter, continuing the oral tradition of connecting the story of God, the true story of God as revealed to us in the sacred scriptures, intermingling and inviting our stories. It's pretty great. We are the people of God.
0: At the same time, I'm also very sad that this is coming to an
1: end. I know. <laughs> well, that's the other the sadness, the anticipation. But the excitement of the sadness, is what's next? What's next? So, uh, and we're trying to come up with, for those of you who have been with us since episode one, since day one, I'm just going to tease, in the last episode, we were we're thinking about some kind of prize for, or some kind of gift maybe you could buy. (laughs) Commemorative. A commemorative, fed by ravens, something or other. We don't know yet. We don't want to reveal yet because um, our hearts shift In a (laughs) moment-by-moment basis about these things. So, (laughs) but let's go to something that doesn't shift, the Word of God. Where are we in the OT,
0: Matt? Our Old Testament reading for today is Daniel chapter 9, verse 20, through chapter 11, verse
1: 35. Gabriel shows up.
0: Yeah, yeah. So,
1: Gabriel now comes to Daniel. So, the interesting thing, in chapter 9, we're still... He's still in the vision, right? He prays for the people. This is under... Um,
0: so he's doing the, um, uh, wow, I get corporate confession Yes, he for just, the people of God. He's been studying the scriptures. He's been praying and fasting about it and recognizing, oh, man, we are in exile because we've broken the Lord's covenant. Beautiful prayer. And he's recognizing he's now gathered the works of Jeremiah, and he's reading them, realizing, oh... We're supposed to be here for 70 years. That time's coming at an end. So now he's confessing and saying, Lord, forgive us and let us be restored to the land. What's next?
1: But this is still while Belshazzar, Belshazzar. like this starts when he's,
0: um,
1: mm, or no, that's what I was this, is to the, this
0: is the first year of Darius. First year
1: of Darius. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then a beautiful passage in verse 23, Gabriel says, uh, at the, after he prays all that,
0: Yeah, Gabriel shows up.
1: And he says, uh, basically, let me just say, Daniel, as soon as I heard your cry for mercy, Mm -hmm. we came, you are greatly loved. I came to you to tell you, you are greatly loved. Mm -hmm. An angel of the Lord shows up to say to Daniel, in exile, seeing all this upheaval over 70 years, hey, buddy, you're greatly loved.
0: In the middle of confessing his sins.
1: That's what I love. I feel like every day I as I engage the Lord and I ask, what do you want to say to me? He says, Adam, I love you. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I think, am I just saying that? Do I say that to myself? But I don't really say that to myself. I usually say, dumb Adam, what are you doing? And so this is validation. It's assurance. And then you realize the assurance of confession. Mm -hmm. So when you go to the Lord and say, God, have mercy on me, on my people. As soon as you cry out for mercy, he's like, hey, I'm listening. I love you. This is the very thing that unlocks my grace to you. Remember, I oppose the proud, I give grace to the humble. You enter into humility before me, boom, grace is gonna clothe you in an amazing way. And then Jesus assures us the same thing that we, and again, this all is, uh, I I just, I need to preach on it. When we go through prayer or talking about prayer, God's eyes, his ears, he hears us. Mm -hmm. And so here we have the angelic uh, Gabriel. Who again? And there's so much to say. Again, so he comes. He comes to Daniel, and what is he doing with Daniel now?
0: Yeah. Okay. So he gives Daniel kind of a breakdown, a symbolic breakdown of the future, of the restoration of God's people,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, it's known as like the uh, prophecy of the seventy weeks. Yes. And there's two. Uh, there's two uh, uh, interpretations
1: of this. Right, so if, if you're reading, this is the part where it gets, Daniel is like very narrative-driven, like, mm-hmm. Daniel in the lion's den. Mm-hmm. And oh, this gets difficult to read. Yes. Because the language is... Super symbolic. It's symbolic, it's prophetic, it's uh, very mysterious. And I was thinking, I'm so glad when Gabriel came to Mary, mm-hmm. he was very simple. You're going to be with child. Yeah. Uh, when he comes to Daniel, it's like, I'm telling you about the future.
0: Yeah. And, and the so now. Things are a little coded. Yes. And so there's two interpretations. One's the traditional messianic interpe- interpretation, the other's the typological messianic interpretation. And as we've come to kind of read the scriptures, we kind of think there's always an immediate application yes. to the audience, and there's also a futuristic, uh, big picture application. Mm-hmm. And I think that's And good. so I think there's always both going on.
1: Right, I agree. So people will use the 70 weeks to try and figure out when is the Antichrist gonna rise up and right. when are the end times. Which I understand why they do that, mm-hmm. but that's like one part that's like one side of the coin. Right. And so that's why it's it's confusing and if anyone's trying to tell you exactly how the world's gonna end according to Daniel, you just kinda gotta take a deep breath and go, oh, yeah, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> Because there's an overriding message that is more important and bigger and better than knowing the deets about this, and that is God's keeping his promise. He is interacting in world affairs right now for the people. So Daniel is in exile, Mm -hmm. and so the prophecy is about 70 weeks, and by the way, the Hebrew word for weeks is seven, so so 77, so it could be 490 units of time, years, weeks. And
0: it is playing off of like the the sabbaths that they did the, uh, yes. the sabbaths they didn't keep and like so there's like a lot of layered symbology in this that we don't have time to get into uh, the overriding message though is there will be conflict it will look yeah. like the people of God have are being snuffed out but believe me God is faithful and will win the day
1: yeah it's so cool I mean and then if you look back in history thank God for historians mm-hmm. the immediate um, interpretation seems to have happened.
0: Yes. Like, oh, totally. That's the
1: traditional messianic interpretation, which is the seven weeks, the time between Cyrus's decree, which we haven't read about yet, mm-hmm. to rebuild the temple. Uh, that's first symbolic seven weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have Nehemiah. Then there's this like time of... 62. 62 weeks, which is the time where uh, the people of God have to be protected and build up moats and walls. And then it ends with this well, there's Antiochus, this historical figure who desecrates the temple and does all these things. And then there's this time, then Jesus comes. So it looks like it's very, it's kind of clear that the original interpretation is the 490 years before the first advent of Christ. Yes. That's the traditional interpretation, which we believe is makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's, be, it's like really between um, when Cyrus says you're allowed to go rebuild the temple to... When uh, the temple is then destroyed and uh, Jerusalem is conquered uh, Mm -hmm. at at the end of Jesus' era. Right. Uh, So that's like the first traditional interpretation. The overarching interpretation then, like the futuristic, is more concerned with Jesus' second return.
1: Right. So here's what's cool, I think. Mm -hmm. It's first advent right now. The second advent,
0: arriving of Christ or coming
1: of Christ also can be extrapolated from this. Mm-hmm. And that would be like the the second temple was reconstructed and then destroyed, right? Yes. That's the first advent. The, the advent we're in now, waiting for the second advent, it's like our bodies are the temple. We're being restored and nourished we're by the Lord's Supper and, and yes. cleansed and set apart. And then there will be a time where the Antichrist, there's yeah. going to be chaos and confusion at the end. That's when Christ then delivers all Christians and vanquishes Satan and the Antichrist. Yes. So that's the overarching thing. What we are uh, always anchor in is God's vision for the future surpasses anything we can imagine. Mm-hmm. Praise God.
0: Yeah, no matter how dark it looks, God will win.
1: Yes. So then it moves over. I think we handled that huge subject. <laughs> Probably a little too long, but still succinctly. Daniel's terrifying vision of a man.
0: Yeah. Did you notice? So
1: there, a man shows up.
0: Well, okay. Yes. So now he's, um, he's been having all these visions. He's. It's the year of Cyrus, so it's a different th- kingdom. Yeah, and he's. Um. So now we've had, Cyrus has been around. He's decreed that the, the exiles are allowed to go back and rebuild. Daniel has stayed, in, um, with the Persians and. And he's there, and now he's been fasting and praying again, trying to understand what the future of God's people is going to be like.
1: Connecting point I made right now. Yes. God gives these visions to Daniel every time there's a upheaval in leadership. Yes. So that's what's cool. So it's good to notice, like, oh, it was Belshazzar. Oh, it was Darius. Oh, it was... Mm-hmm. Now it's Cyrus, because that's when everything is being stirred up, and it's like, what is going to happen? God then meets Daniel. Okay, he's yeah. fasting. He's like... All in.
0: Yeah, and so he's been doing this for 24 days. I know. Which is insane. Insane. I was trying to say intense and insane at the we'll same move time. Move on. Okay, insane. Then he sees this bronze figure. He's out, like, it sounds like he's just wandering around in nature, and he's at the river and sees a, a bronze man, and he... Well, he's a
1: man in linen. Linen. We've heard that before. I mean, yes. That's what the
0: priest would wear. Uh, belt of fine gold, his body is a uh, barrel. Like, he has a lightning face. Yes. like Flaming eyes, bronze. Terrifying. And so there's me- are- there's men with Daniel who just run away. They're not sure what's going on. They can't see him, but they know something's going on, so they run and hide. Daniel falls to the ground. The man has to touch him to okay. bring him back. And this is what I'm instantly thinking is... We've seen these pictures before. Oh, yeah. Ezekiel, Jeremiah. Like, there's like, some Isaiah. consistency mm-hmm. to how
1: God appears to our Jesus or yes. the angel, whatever this man is. I think, I mean, we don't know for sure, but there is consistency and the transfiguration where Jesus goes up on the mountain, mm-hmm. transfigures bright white lightning. Like there's the flame coming from the throne of yes. God on top of Mount Sinai again. There's so he sees all this all
0: guy. Things. Yeah. And then we're not sure... Oh, it was like
1: Paul. When he went blind, the people around him Mm -hmm. couldn't really hear. But only Daniel sees it. Sorry, go.
0: Yeah, so he falls. We're not sure if it's the same guy or if it's another messenger who starts talking to him. Um, But he starts to hear that as soon as Daniel began to fast, again, an angel is sent out to talk to him. Fear not. But... He was. We get like this weird behind the scenes among the angelic realm, and it's like the one glimpse we get. And the angel's like, uh, "Yeah, I was sent out immediately, but the prince of Persia, meaning the demonic authority over Persia, uh, held me up for twenty four days, okay. and it took the uh, it took Michael the Archangel to come and help me to even get to you." I know. Okay, so one thought, one thought, one thought. The demonic, like
1: the angelic, are broken up into, like our armies, right? You Mm -hmm. have someone who's over Iraq and over Mm -hmm. this there. I just connected why all the the nations have their own gods, because there's a demonic prince over each area, and they reveal themselves as, oh, I'll be the god of this, and so they worship that demonic force. That's what's so confusing when you read, like, they worship their god, Mm -hmm. lowercase g, And then God in his writings or the the psalmist recognizes their gods as real. Mm Because I remember a friend of mine asked me, like, are there other gods? And I didn't know how to answer it. No, yeah, no, there's only one God, but there are, these are all demonic forces that are over a region. So not, okay, so then you have We get insight about the angelic forces that protect and that are sent, the angels that meet you in the lion's pit, the angel that meets you in the
0: And they're at war with these demonic forces. And they're
1: struggling with the demonic forces. That's kind of cool and terrifying. The third thing for me is there's a lot more going on. Like God is gracious to us. There's so much going on. Right now there's angelic stuff all around you. But we are like five year olds. Right. We don't know about mortgages and air conditioning bills and gas. Yeah. We just get in the car, go to sleep, go to our house. Like, God is like protecting us from seeing all this stuff because I think we'd be terrified.
0: Okay, so to keep from getting completely lost in the details here. Yes, sorry. Uh, again, the main idea we have to re- be reminded of is Daniel, the reason Daniel's praying, the reason he's engaging, is his people have finally gone back. They're trying to rebuild. It takes them a while, and they're meeting a lot of opposition by the people who are in there, and we'll read more about that in Ezra and Nehemiah. But uh, he is wondering, Lord, what is going to happen to your people? What is happening with your people? And so this angel gives him a very detailed, very accurate, less metaphorical description of the next several hundred years.
1: But the transition into that, that's chapter 11, right? Mm Mm-hmm. My favorite verse of all time. Oh, yeah. Chapter 10, verse 19. He says, the the angel says, and he had to touch me and strengthen me, says (laughs) Daniel, because Daniel was like uh, just a heap. Which happened to Ezekiel. Exactly. And he said, "O man, greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you, be strong and of good courage. And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened. And then it goes on. I just love, I think this is the key verse. Oh man or woman, greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you, be strong and of good courage. To me, this is, he's picked up more, this is Joshua language. This Mm -hmm. is all the language of all the people of God, fear not, peace be with you, be strong and of good courage. He's about to enter into like the promised land, like there's battles that you're going to have to go through, Joshua, Daniel, there's battles that are being fought on your behalf by the angelic. Right. So be strong and be of good courage. I just I think it says everything. It's what I I want to I hear the Lord say to us, mm-hmm. greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you. Okay, so then it gets into and I don't think we need to say much about chapter eleven, because it is a detailed list of basically to me it's um, God is over all the nations, the world, and the future. We will win.
0: He this th- what's amazing about this one? This one's actually historically trackable. Yes. So this one, there's, like, diagrams, and, like, this one is actually, like, it, whoa, this it, is super detailed, and, and what it's following is um, there's several wars about to be played out between Egypt and uh, Greece, and, and uh, Sweet Judah is caught in the middle of all of these, right. and is being, like, tossed to and fro through... Um, Which, just
1: geographically, they are between Egypt and Greece.
0: Yeah. And then Rome... will eventually come in and wipe them all out. So it's basically between 323 B.C. all the way to 146 B.C. And uh, he's just talking about all the different battles between the kings of Greece and the kings of Egypt and how they will interact and thrash uh, Judah, but Judah will remain pure. And I think it even lands with this... uh, idea that there will be a remnant within Judah that will uh, remember the laws of the Lord, will continue to stand up against the unrighteousness of the kings, and will be rewarded for it. Yeah, and and at one point here, he's even talking about the
1: marriage of, like, the Egyptian and the Greek line through yeah. Cleopatra. Yeah. Oh, Coming yeah. Coming at you. Yeah. Uh, it's so cool because you can, thank God for historians, but it shows, I mean, again, there is a specific, it's just like what Jeremiah did, 70 years of Babylon, and now it's like there's going to be this period of time where all the nations are going to be warring, yes. warring it out. It's going to look like
0: chaos, but, but God is s- in control
1: of it all. And I'm going to send my prince. Uh-huh. Uh, so hold on. Yes. All right.
0: Yeah, there we go.
1: Moving on to our New Testament. Oh, I got caught turning the page.
0: Here we go. Our New Testament reading for today is 1 John chapter 3, verse 11 through chapter 4.
1: Love, love, love. Love,
0: love, love. I just made that up. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, because... I just
1: co-wrote it with you. Good. Uh-huh. That's... That's the theme of chapter three through four,
0: yeah,
1: and chapter four. I mean, it is love, and it begins with the sweet story of Adam and Eve's first children. So I'm gonna wrap. I'm gonna. Do I'm it. gonna tell you this whole section, and then I'm gonna prove it to you, and then I'll come back to the end.
0: Wow. Which I'll is, just sit here.
1: Yes, that you just you can go for a walk. Okay. Uh, let me have a little time with my people. Um, he says, John writing to his sweet children. Goes, you're either of Cain or you're of Jesus. <laughs> That's it. So Cain failed at the two things he was created for, the two things you're supposed to live by outside of the garden. You love God and you love your brother. You love your who you love people. Mm-hmm. Cain failed to love God and then responded by killing his brother. Yeah. And so John is saying: look, let me break it down murderers don't go to be with God forever. That's opposite of God. God is about life. He creates life. So when you murder, you're out. Unless you find the love of God and through forgiveness, repentance, and and absolution. And so uh, he just breaks that down. And then he says, the world is of Cain.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So how's it going? (laughs) And then the other thing is, is uh, then he presents Jesus. He says, so the sinful brother hates the righteous brother. That's what I was going to say. Okay. The sinful brother hates Abel who did the right thing. Jesus flips it. Jesus is the righteous brother who loves the sinful brother, you and me. Yes. And, uh, and so he's trying to get everybody, this whole thing is like the spiral of how do we know? How are we assured? How, how do we right. enter into the love of God? How do we love our brothers? And so he's working out the greatest commandment, which is love God and love your brother, but he gives us an answer.
0: Yeah, and again, I just I want to, because it's so easy to get lose this one, Yeah, is the whole conversation is fighting between the two extremes of just know some knowledge and you're good, or you have to be perfect to enter heaven. It's like, no, 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 we need to center on and anchor on to Christ and Christ alone. So there's a lot, I mean, I just, I was tempted just to read it today. There's but. a lot going on here. The but whole th- idea though, is, for me, was um, we have to be anchored in the love of God. Yes. We have to be anchored in the love of God. And it's that love of God that we cling to, we cry out to, Lord, give me your love, and he gives to us freely, and then we are able, through the abundance of Christ's love for us, to then have a shot at loving one another and him. Exactly. So, don't be surprised
1: the world hates you. Check. Yes. We know that he loves us. Why? Because Jesus laid down his life for us. He didn't take ours. Right. So, don't love in word and deed uh, only. He says, "Love in." Uh, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. Mm-hmm. Like, this love is active. okay. So what about our heart? He, he even handles our hearts. He says... Uh, I love this.
0: This how, is my favorite. Because
1: his whole thing is that you know. Yes. How can you be assured and rest? And again, not by your works and not by your sin. Yes. Neither of those will assure you.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's... Okay. And so he, he hits both of them right here in chapter 19 yeah. and in chapter... Uh, verse 19. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Verse. Yeah.
1: I wish there was 19. Okay. Maybe.
0: So he says, By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him for whenever our heart condemns us so whenever you feel condemned i love this (laughs) god is greater than our heart and he knows everything oh so our heart condemns us well guess what we have a god who's greater than our heart and he says i forgive you i know cry out to me i forgive you then he says beloved if our heart doesn't condemn us so you feeling good about yourself well, then we have confidence before God, and we say, "Thank you, God. Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling condemned all the time. Praise God." <laughs> so are you feeling condemned? Lord, help me. You're forgiven. You're feeling good? Lord, thank you. I know I love you. Do not follow your heart, people. Do not.
1: Your heart. Follow is, God. Your heart is uh, is sick. Yes. And so that's the beauty, because if you're true and you're truly engaging this stuff, this book will condemn your heart. You're like, oh no, I have hate. I, I have anger. Yes. I'm not doing everything I can. Oh no, it condemns you. Hey, if your heart condemns you, God is greater than our heart. Yes. Whew! And I want
0: a "God is greater than our heart" necklace from K Jeweler. <laughs> awesome. And then I do love. He goes twenty-three because then he like hits us with the law again. He's like, um, "This is his commandment that we believe in the name of Jesus, Son of Son the uh, in His Son Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He has commanded us." And it's like, okay can believe in Jesus. I don't know if I can love a, another person. All right. And he's like, whoever, know? and then he goes, whoever c- keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. Have I, even, I kept the commandments? Oh no. no. But then he lands with this. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. It's the spirit in- that empowers us and enables us to love him and love others. Thank God. Because his spirit loves for us. Well, let's continue. He continues to cycle. He'll cycle to that. Yes. That's what's so beautiful. So
1: right now he's just saying, I know your hearts condemn yourselves right now, or you feel bad for feeling good. Yeah. You simply, my commandment is to believe and confess that Jesus Christ, well, that's what he'll get to. And first though, he says, I know, you need to, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God.
0: I know. This is great because this immediately... Here's how you test the spirit. Relates to our Daniel passage about yeah, there's demonic spirits over nations yes. and there's angelic. Here's how you test the spirit. Anybody,
1: basically anybody who divides the humanity of Christ and the spirit, so flesh and spirit, mm-hmm. you divide that, you're not of God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So anyone who says Christ is not in the flesh, he is not God,
0: mm-hmm. bad. Bad.
1: <laughs> bad spirit. Because. Here's what he sa- uh, this is where he says, every
0: spirit that does confess Jesus... Um, that Jesus has come and, in the flesh yes. and is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is from God, this is the spirit of the Antichrist.
1: And so this great verse about you, little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world.
0: So, so what the makes world you- is constantly denying Christ and his divinity or his humanity. Right. And... W- The people who have the spirit of God can go, I believe that Jesus is from God. He's fully God and fully man. And he has saved me. That's the spirit of God.
1: Right. By this we know the spirit of truth. And so then you look, it's all about life and love, love God, love. So it's continuing the theme of love God, love your neighbor. Then I just have to read, I'm sorry, I have to read this. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not Love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Um, I have to keep reading. No, you know. <laughs> no, we, uh, we by this to, we know that we abide him. <laughs> him. <laughs> we need to break that down because because he has given us his spirit.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Wait, just I gotta what? read eighteen nineteen. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. Okay. Now break it down. The word of God's not going to hurt anyone, Matt. I don't know why you think it will. Let me read. Um, Okay, so the breakdown is God initiates love. I think it comes back around to we're not of Cain. We're not murderers. Mm -hmm. And it's because we have received the love of God. And it goes back to Abraham. How do you uh, know that you know that you know you know how are, how can you be assured your heart condemns you the world hates you, well then it's like don't do you love your brothers yes kind of well, not really Jesus <laughs> defines murder as if I have anger in my heart that complicates things Jesus, right here's how you know you say God forgive me yeah I believe that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh died rose again for me He initiated this love for me and now I it's this great full circle of you believe in God that's counted to you as righteousness. All you're doing is receiving it. Now you're receiving the love of God by the Spirit and now with that love, He creates love for brothers and for people.
0: You can't give away what you don't have. Right, exactly. I've probably preached that before. You can't give away what you don't have. And so if you cannot receive God's love, you don't have enough love to give. You don't have any love to give anyone else. If you have gone, Lord, forgive me, do you love me? God has most assuredly given you his love and you have love to give others. And this is it. That's it. And that's why our hearts
1: will condemn us. If you're thoughtful and you're trying to love out of your own resources, your heart will say, you know, you could have done more. You could have fed every person that was uh, asking for money on the highway, why didn't you stop and help them? I thought you were a loving person. Give to every charity. Give to, You can't. You don't have enough.
0: You do not have enough. And your
1: heart will condemn you. You're not good enough.
0: And so you cry out to God.
1: And that's where the good news for us is you can go, I really haven't, and I don't plan on it. God, will you forgive me? I've given you my son to
0: die for you, and it's for the sake of Jesus. Your sins are forgiven. And then will you love me? And then will you lead me into loving others? Yes. And then love the people that I can't. You know what it, and here's the end for us.
1: And that's where you start to hear the voice of God through his word say, "O oh man or woman greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you, be strong and of good courage. <laughs> the Lord mm. Jesus has come."
0: Our song for today is Psalm 137. Actually, 138. I'm sorry. Forgive him. I give I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called you answered me, my strength of soul you increased. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands.
1: Boom! You've just been fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We will talk to you next time.
0: Last